0: Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. And I want you to stay tuned today, and today I am going to have something that everyone will need to know for the direction and fulfillment of their lives. Open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs in the 29th chapter of the book of Proverbs. And this is a verse that we've heard numerous times before, but yet... Within it, it has great significance and importance for our lives. As we take and look at this verse and apply it and ask ourselves the question are we in line with this verse? And if we are, which way are we in line with it? The verse is in Proverbs chapter 29, and it's verse number 18. And this is the verse, and you've heard it numerous times before. The first. Half of that verse simply says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision. You all say vision. vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law hath is he? And I want to talk to you for a few minutes today from the subject of what is your vision? Turn to the person next to you and ask them, what is your vision? The men's group at this church is entitled Men of Vision. And I, I remember one evening at the meeting, I, I, I stopped. I said, look, how many of the men, we're called the men of vision But how many of you really have a vision? How many of you really know where you're going, what you're supposed to do, have a true, defined, concrete direction in life? How many of you all really know where you're going? And that's why the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And it's not talking about just the ability to physically see the spectrum of the electromagnetic region that's called visible. It's not talking about that. It's talking about being able to see the invisible. To be able to see the things that have not manifested in your life yet. To be able to have an idea and to know what is to come and what you are to do. Because when you have no vision, you wander around blindly. And that's why the word says, where there is no vision, the people perish. What is your vision? And vision on a spiritual level has several meanings, but primarily what I want to deal with today is, is vision is simply the knowledge of what you are and what you are to do. Do you really know what you put here on the earth for? Do you really know what you are supposed to be doing? See, see, many of us, we're just doing whatever we can. We're just getting by. Not going anywhere in particular, just getting by. And when you're just getting by, you're going to end up by and by nowhere. Yeah. Just wondering, just getting by, but not knowing in our souls and not knowing in our hearts and our minds what we are really supposed to do and where we are really supposed to go. We're just drifting on the ocean of life, going wherever the currents will take us. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Because let me tell you something, people. When you don't have a vision, the world will give you one. That, that's the job of advertisers to tell you what you want and most of us get our vision. We are told what our vision is. You know one of the biggest things that tells us what our vision is? Television. That, that's what it's called. You're sitting in front of it day by day and we spend more time being told what our vision is than almost any other thing with our free time. Sitting there being told what your vision is and your vision will never be fulfilled listening to someone from Madison Avenue telling you what you're supposed to do and telling you what you're supposed to want out of life. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And there are three things that you ought to know. You ought to know what is your vision for what you will do for God. What is your vision for what you will do for others? And what is your vision for what you will do for you? And oftentimes, people, what the world does is because of what I would call dire circumstances, it narrows and shortens our vision to just the immediate. We've all heard of the catastrophe that has happened, and, and, and when often you go through catastrophe, all of your vision is just for what you can get right now. I need something to eat. I need something to drink. I need my rent paid this month. My, my car note is overdue. And, and you see, when that happens, I of our vision becomes focused on such a narrow and a short term, and oftentimes, people, we live our lives in a catastrophe mode of vision. We can never see beyond because we're dealing with the right now. And you have to deal with the right now. You know, if the man is coming to repossess your car, that's a right now issue. So you have to deal with the right now, but often our vision becomes so stunted because of the catastrophes and because of the situations that we deal with. We just deal with the right now. We deal with the hunger, the thirst, the shortages, the pain of right now. And because we are so focused on the right now, we can never see what God has intended for us. Because the children of Israel, while they wandered in the wilderness, because they focused on the right now, they could never envision the promised land. And you've got to know in life what your true vision is. So often we're like children. And all we want to do is just make it to Friday. That's the vision. Do you know how many people His vision is just to make it to Friday? Friday. Come to work on Monday. How you do, Man, I got to make it to Friday. If I can make it to Friday, and they make it to, that's all oh, the distance of their vision is to Friday. And when they make it to Friday, they get their check, go to the liquor store, get drunk, have some sex, sober it off, sleep in on Sunday, back on work on Monday, trying to make it to Friday. (laughs) And that is their vision. And because their vision can never get beyond Friday, they perish. And we can't understand sometimes why we can't be more Of what God has intended for us to be. You'll never be what God has intended for you to be until you can see it. And people, sometimes we have to understand the difference between God's vision and what we want. Because often they're not the same. As a matter of fact, most of the time they're not the same. Even Jesus... When he really had to do, he was sent here to die for our sins. When it came time for him to really do what he was sent here to do, he didn't want to do it. Just plain and simple as that. He said, Lord, if there's any other way, if there's any possible way, if there's any other avenue, any other possibility, please this bitter cup from me. Jesus said, look, if there's any way, I'd rather not do this. And could you blame him? And sometimes, people, there are some things that God has placed in our destiny that, to be honest about it, we just don't want to do. But Jesus says, nevertheless. And that's the point that we have to get to in life, where we say, nevertheless. Nevertheless. I know I don't want to do this, God, but nevertheless, if it be thy will, and if you can give me the vision, that's that's why there's a deep verse that Jesus says. He says, if thine eye be single, then thy body will be full of light. That's a deep verse. I've looked at that verse all through, and that's that's a real deep verse, because no one had just one eye. And, when, and I looked at me originally. It, it wasn't eyes. He said, if thine I be single. If you can just get one clear vision. One clear vision. And sometimes people, it can only come in a flash. And everyone has had that flash. The problem is you get a flash of what God intends for you to do and to be. But you got a constant movie of what you are. You have a flash of what you could be, but what you are and the situation that you are in is running day by day. And we can never grab a hold of what we could be because we're dealing with what we are. We can never get to the promised land because we're dealing with all these weeds in the wilderness. So people, we've got to learn how to really get The vision within us of what God has truly destined and truly ordained for our lives. Let me tell you something. I'm standing up here right now as pastor of this church. Mama, did I want to be a pastor? Did I want to be a preacher? Absolutely not. I'll tell you that right now. I did not want to be a preacher. All of y'all that are looking and listening to me right now, I will tell you point blank Nathaniel Bronner Jr. did not want to be a preacher. Absolutely no way. It was prophesied over me over and over and over again. Prophet after prophet after prophet would tell me, you're going to be a preacher? You're going to pass? I said, look. (laughs) No, no. You got that mixed up with somebody else. Because I do not want to do that. That's not what I want to do. I was making music. We we, we, were making, we made three R and B albums. I mean, I was out in the world having a good time. I wasn't thinking about preaching and pastoring the church. Just one on my plate. Didn't want to do it. But then stuff happened and I got sense. You all said a pastor had sense. Do you know, the Bible even says, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You understand that? A fool not scared of God. Fool has no fear of the Lord whatsoever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it's one thing about pastor. Pastor, not stupid. Not not relative. Now, Now, compared to God, I'm just a lump of clay. But, but compared to the average man, pastor has one of those IQs is way up in the way up in the upper strata. So based on the norm, I'm pretty smart. Pastor not stupid. So when God began to show me some things. And to reveal some things and I began to hear some stuff and the stuff began to come to pass. Then I, I went through some situations. I, I preached a sermon about when I fell off of my motorcycle and I knew I should have been dead or at the very least crippled and hurt real bad. So I only had some minor scratches. Some stuff began to happen. I saw people all around me and no one could hurt me. Some stuff I said, wait a minute, this stuff here is defined all and then I started hearing stuff that went to come and I said, Wait a minute, something going on. Something going on. I didn't want to do it. But God then began to reveal vision of destiny. But people, even with me, he placed me at a crossroads. And I stood at the road where I could either follow God's destiny or do my own thing. And I stood at that crossroads. I could follow God's destiny or do my own thing. If I followed God's destiny, to be honest about it, I didn't know what was headed down that path. If I went my own way, I was having a pretty good time. See, see, I was not in a situation where I was all depressed and crying. I I was, Pastor had no problem. I I was rolling. I I was living the life. I went to sleep every night just as peaceful as I could be. I woke up in the morning happy. I wasn't sick. I didn't have any money problem. I didn't have any romance problem. Pastor was in good shape. If I went on my own way, far as I could see, I was doing pretty good. (laughs) But I had seen and heard some things. And like I said, pastor wasn't stupid. So I was at a crossroads. And I had a choice. Go with my own vision or go with the vision of God. And every one of you has that choice. And some of you right now are standing at that crossroads. And when you start moving into God's vision, first of all, what will happen to you is time will expand. You no longer think of just Friday. You realize that God is, for example, giving you children. And you're responsible now for 20, 30, 40 years down the road. You start seeing some things that will expand some things beyond the the right now. Even in ministry, what God he's he's expanded some vision that that now I don't even think about by the time we get out of service in an hour and a half. The stuff goes on. I'm thinking now and God has shown vision of stuff that we do now that will influence people after I've left the building. Do I have to interpret what I mean by left the building? After I'm dead and gone. Still, things will be influencing. I was at a recent trade show in and two people came up to me who had seen me on television and said, Pastor Bronner, do you know that we're in the midst now of the 40-day miracle? Now, we did the 40-day miracle last year. But every day, people are signing up and going on the 40 40- We finished with it. The reason that people are still doing the 40-day miracle, and tens of thousands will do it in the future, the reason is because God gave vision beyond just the right now. And, and, And too many of you, we're thinking too short, and we're thinking too small. We're in the midst of the cleanse program now to cleanse your body. And for 20 days, you go through a rather unpleasant thing. Some of you, all you're thinking about in the 20 days. Vision is trying to take you, well, if you do this now, to get some things cleaned out, then when you're 70 and 80 and 90 years old, God is trying to show you some stuff down the road, but you've got to do some stuff now. Because we cannot think of stuff down the road. All we can think about is Friday. And where there is no vision, the people perish. I answered a prayer request last night from a 16-year-old girl. And she said she had tried the 40-day miracle. And nothing on it worked for her. She had a criticism of every one of the seven steps. She said she couldn't limit her food intake because she just didn't want to eat. She wanted to eat and she was just satisfied. She said that just wasn't right. She said she couldn't go to the point where she wasn't complaining because she said some stuff was going wrong and she just she just wanted she said it just wasn't right for her not to complain. She said that she had school working and she didn't see why she needed to to, to sit there and read scripture just or rope, just forcing her to read scripture. She had tests she didn't have a time to do it. She said that wasn't right. So she went down thing after thing after thing and finally got to the bottom. She said that she was so distressed and depressed that she began cutting. Now, see, some of you all don't know what cutting is. It's a thing that's happening among the young generation where they just take a knife or take a razor blade and just cut themselves. And she said she was sitting there and she typed out that prayer request with her hand scarred, with her wrist scarred, with her arm scarred, and with her inner thighs all scarred up and cut. And see, I, and, and people, to be honest about it, it's hard for me to even relate to why would a person take and self-mutilate themselves? And then God began to show me some things. He said, same stuff my people are doing. I said, huh? So yeah, said, same thing. They're not cutting themselves literally, but we take and self-mutilate ourselves. Stuff don't go right. We go get us a drink. Go get us a smoke. Go do stuff that we know is just as the detrimental to our body is somebody taking a razor blade and starting it up. We do the same. Or we go and bless somebody out. We cut them up emotionally. So there are some things that even we do. And yet, as I read her prayer request and I responded as sympathetically as I could, that I understood what she was going through, But, but people, until we are really... Able to see some vision. And she was 16 years old, which meant that the 40-day miracle required her to spend the number of minutes of her age in prayer and reading scripture every day. Eight minutes of prayer and eight minutes of scripture. And what she said was, I don't have 16 minutes a day for God. And when you can't see the benefit of spending time with God... Because I'm going to lose my 16 minutes. Because there is no vision beyond Friday. And we have to have the vision, people, to be able to see. Jesus was able to see and allow himself to be cut and bruised. Because he said, my cutting and my bruising will save people for thousands, thousands of Thousands of years down the road. But I've got to go through these hours of pain. And most of us would have never had the vision to see beyond the few hours of pain. And for so many of you to do what God has destined for you to do, you're going to have to be able to see beyond the pain. The Bible says in Amos 8.11, it says this, you don't have to turn it. It says, says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water. See, we've just gotten through hearing about the famine that, that deal with people hungry and thirsty. He says, Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. We put it the way the New Living Translation puts that last verse. Beautiful girls and fine young men will grow faint and weary, Thirsting for the Lord's word. Do you know how many movie stars you have? How many beautiful people as society calls them? Lives are torn up because they can't hear from God. Either they cannot hear from God or when they do hear from God, they won't listen. Because we want to do our own thing. And we will not take on The vision of God. What is your vision? Do you know what God has truly ordained for your life? I'm not talking about what you want to do. I'm talking about what God has ordained for you to do. I'm not talking about yet. Pastor, you don't understand. I don't want to be that. We've had so many people who come to this church. And they said, God spoke to me and told me to come here and join this church. You look for them three months later and they're gone. Did God change his mind? No! And they never get the vision of what God has for them because they wouldn't even stay where God told them. What is your vision? What has God ordained you to do? And I'm not talking about let's get it out of your system, about what I want to do. What has God ordained you to do? Do you know? And the bigger question is, have you even tried to find out? I'm not talking about what the society says about what you ought to be doing, this, that, and the other. Do you know what God has ordained for you to do? It's a serious question. And there is a thirst in the land. I I was at a prophetic conference years ago, and, and they were just bashing the psychics, you know, with television psychics, 800 lines. And as I was sitting there listening, God spoke to me. And this is what he said. He said, people are flocking to the psychics because they cannot hear my prophetic word in my house. People were thirsty for a prophetic, and they just couldn't hear it. So they were calling up 1-800 to Friends psychic network and every kind of psychic in the world trying to get a direction for their life God knows where you should be where you should be going and what you should be doing but you have to come before him with a spirit that you will listen and heed what he'll tell you and that's often the big block not that God won't speak we won't listen and we become Jonah's We just don't want to do what God has spoken into our lives. 30 minutes before every service, I now stand in the vestibule. And as you come in, I shake your hand and pronounce a blessing upon you. If you need a blessing, you come to the ark. But you got to be here by service time. I have my phone set so it rings at service time. And I come inside. Be early and come and just get a blessing. It doesn't come from me. just comes through. But some of you have even no way of even a touch. You're so far distant from the house of God and from his word. God wants to bring you in right now. God wants to give you your vision right now. He wants you in his destiny. But you have to be willing to go. We thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word.